What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Frame Skip Podcast, your source of news and discussion from around the gaming sphere. This is episode 13, and I am one of your hosts, Seth Slykaus, joined, as always, by the ladies' man, Elijah Steele. Hello there. How are you today? I'm doing good, buddy. How you holding up? Doing all right. Doing all right. Pretty, pretty excited. Why? Uh, all of the gaming news coming up this week, and I have the Final Fantasy VII Remake soundtrack literally in my hands right now. I can't stop holding it. It's beautiful. Did you? Is it the one from the collector's edition or the deluxe edition, or did you no, get a separate one? Th- this is the because the one that came with the deluxe slash collectors has like eleven songs on it. This is okay. the straight up eight disc soundtrack. Okay, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool, man. Um, so are you gonna, you gonna be listening to that tonight? I assume. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Nice. Nice. Copy it on the computer and everything. Office Seven Remake, great, great game. Oh. All right, and as always, I'm joined by none other than the coach. Kyle Newman. What's up, my brothers? Not much, man. How you been? I'm doing okay. Just trying not to melt out here in this summer desert heat out here. I bet. How hot is it? Today was in the low 90s, but a few days ago we hit the uh, triple digits. So mm-hmm. it's going to be a hot SOB this summer. You see, the heat bothers me when I'm at home, but at work it is consistently um, 105 to 110 degrees because I work on on a paper machine, and the, the paper machine is pretty much a giant dryer. So um, it's it's a giant oven in there, and I, I can work in the heat now. I've gotten completely used to it, but when I'm at home, I gotta have that AC on me, man. Like I, I cannot relax in the heat. So I feel I feel your pain there. Um, is it like a dry heat down in yeah. Texas? Well, or? you know what? 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, it was a dry heat. That's why 90% of the houses have what they call a swamp cooler, right? No, so I don't know what that is. Okay, what so is that? It's, it's not refrigerated air. So basically what it is is this machine that sits on the top of your house and – there's a hose and it shoots water on this pad and then the fan blows um, its air onto the pad and it goes throughout the house. Now, when it's dry, it does an amazing job. But if the humidity just gets a point over 30%, your house is going to be, it's going to be miserable. And so now... Um, these, these companies are making a lot of money because people are starting to buy, um, they're spending like 12, 13, 14,000 to put refrigerated air because we get the monsoon now before it used to be Arizona. But I think within the last 15 years, we started to get that monsoon. So we'll have good days. So I'll go outside and I'll look. And if I don't see any clouds, I'm like, okay, it's going to be a good day. But so I, have, have, have you noticed the climate changing in Texas? Is that what you're saying? Yes and no. Um, the summers I've noticed that starting in about, I don't know, when we get into early July, the evenings we get thunderstorms and that is just the, uh, the monsoon, but we used to not really have those. So it is changing. Interesting. Um, yeah. I've noticed here in Pennsylvania, a shift in the weather pretty uh-huh. drastically in the last 10 years like we don't really get much snow anymore and we used to get a ton of snow all yep. winter long and now we might get one big snowstorm a year if that um and it's very strange to me because i remember when i was a kid walking through like 12 inches of snow and and you know having days off school and stuff and i, I want to say 
what Elijah in the last five or six years, we really haven't gotten any. I mean, we've gotten like one or two, but nothing, not nothing that big. Because, like I could sit here and think of here's like five different years where we had massive snowstorms in the past, like 15 years. But in the past, like five, I can't remember us having that much of anything. One fun story I will say, though, is me, Elijah, our buddy Chris and our other buddy Fletcher all used to go to the movies religiously on the weekends. Okay. And when I, I know exactly. Ho- yep. <laughs> when the Hobbit came out, we decided we were going to the movies to see it, right? But there was a straight up blizzard outside, and you know, me being a young kid, I didn't give a single crap. Like I'm like, I'm going to the movies with my friends. Screw off, Dad. I don't care what you say about me being unsafe. Like I'm, I'm driving, and I'm driving my like. 98 grand prix or whatever it was a terrible car for the snow i had nothing good for the snow through this blizzard and i mean coach have you ever been like in a blizzard oh yeah so i can't see anything Mm -hmm. on the road i can't see anything in front of me it's all white and i'm like man it's kind of a bad idea and i'm driving through and it took me what would normally be a 45 minute drive like two hours to get there um and it was really, really scary. And I should not have been doing that whatsoever. Looking back on it, I'm like, man, you made some really dumb decisions when you were a kid. I could have definitely died that day. Um, but I remember that being like a massive snowstorm. I like, remember like, that like, very well, happened. too, because I left about two hours before the movie. And I yep. remember getting there like you guys were already sitting in the theater. Yep. And uh, I put on the Pokemon Fire Red and Leaf Green soundtrack. And yep. I got to, I believe it was the Mewtwo fight song. And I just put it on repeat for like an hour and a half on this drive. I'm like, this makes me feel, oh, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, when I get in like dangerous situations driving like that, I immediately turn off my music and I'm like, all right, I got to focus. Well, yeah, I got to I got to be here. Like, like I can't I can't be distracted whatsoever. I'm listening to the road and whatnot. And uh, yeah, that was I mean. I look back fondly on those days and I miss them quite a bit going to the movies every weekend and us having, you know, very little responsibilities and stuff. Yeah. That was, that was a great time in my life. We were all working at Liberty mountain, getting paid scraps. So that was pretty sweet. too. <laughs> but, um, all right, coach, what have you been playing this week? So I started a thing. So I've always wanted to, to get the 400 Pokemon in sword and shield so I beat, uh, what was it, Sword when it came out, but I just played through it. I didn't focus on getting all of the Pokemon. And I get it. It's easier now to do it than in the earlier games. But I have about a month, even though I'm doing summer school, I have about a month to where I could actually play before my time is cramped up again. So I'm doing something and I'm recording it through or I'm like doing a journal entry on our um, Twitter handle or Twitter feed. And each night I'm going to talk about, I'm going to show screenshots of different, you know, something cool that I did, but I am uh, doing something called 440 days. So I want to try and get all 400 Pokemon in sword and shield in 40 days. So as of right now, and I haven't had a chance to play, I will later tonight, but after day four, I've caught 90 Pokemon. Hey, very nice. So, yeah. So I, I want to do this because um, I think it'd be a fun project to do. 
And there's something about this damn Pokemon game that just, that it has me like, so I don't know what it is. So that's what I've been playing. And, um, uh, pretty much that's what I've been doing. Um, now I will warn you, you, you're making great progress, but there's some Pokemon in Pokemon games that are just absurdly hard to catch and not because of the catching mechanics because you can't run into them yep i mean there there's like a like like i i think the emerald generation was like famous for this where like there was like a one in one thousand chance once a day that you could run into this specific one pokemon and it was like absurdly hard to get and stuff so best of luck to you coach i'm gonna be are are, are you putting this up or yeah so what no, no, no. So what I'm doing is I'm doing screenshots on Twitter. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'm just kind of doing like a journal, a daily journal entry on uh, Frame Skip Pods uh, um, Twitter. Okay, sweet. I will be watching your career with great interest. That's right. Do it. <laughs> How are you planning on getting the exclusive? What do you mean? They're Pokemon that are exclusive to each version. I got both games. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that'll yeah. do it then. Yeah. Get out of here, nerd. <laughs> noob. <laughs> no, I'm the noob, and I call it. I'm, I'm such a freaking noob. Like, I'm seeing all these Pokemon. But the one thing I know is I'm starting to learn the the weaknesses and strength of others. So, hey, um, there you go. But one thing I'm fascinated with, and it was weird because I didn't learn this until um, to about halfway through playing sword last year, but all of the different EV evolutions. Oh yeah, dude. Eevee's my favorite Pokemon. Bro, oh, yeah. it, same. same here, man. Like I love Leafeon. Like Leafeon and my favorite move is the, uh, uh, shoot. The one that just shoots the, the leaves. Um, it'll uh, come to me in a second. Razor leaf. Yes. Razor leaf. That is like my favorite move in the whole game. Um, so yeah, so she's he or she, that's my favorite of the EV evolutions, but, um, yeah, I think it's just awesome. Like it's, it's such a dynamic character, you know, dude, people, people don't know this about me really, but I used to be the biggest Pokemon fan when I was a kid, man. Like I loved Pokemon so, so much and Emerald and Sapphire uh, really ruined it for me. I really didn't like those games at all. And then I didn't get a DS and I fell out. Um, but when X and Y came out and they were kind of catering to old school Pokemon fans, I jumped back in and I played that game so much. And uh, I remember we were talking about Eevee. Um, they added a new Eevee evolution in um, in X and Y, which was uh, Sylphion because they added the fairy. Oh, yeah. And Sylphion was so overpowered, man. Like, so Sylphion could pretty much wreck any Pokemon in that game. And I, I took that all the way through the Elite Four. I think it was still called the Elite Four then. But I played um, Sun and Moon then. And I didn't really like Sun and Moon. Um, I didn't like the island aspect. It was different. I understand what they were doing. They're trying to shake it up. And then I played Sword and Shield. And I got like, I want to say like five hours in. And I was like, ah, you know what? Maybe I'm just not for this. This isn't for me anymore. But one of the things I really dislike about where Pokemon's gone is the uh, EVs and IVs. Um, in, in the stats because they're like hidden stats you can't really see and i remember back when i was a kid the thing i loved most was just about collecting all the pokemon and like seeing all these cool evolutions and stuff like that and they kind of they kind of that took a back seat to raising the perfect pokemon for competitive play and stuff so i kind of i kind of fell off the pokemon train there's still a special place for it in my heart you know like i really want like a charizard statue or something and 
and stuff like that. But I, I mean, yeah, like I said, there's there's a special place for Pokemon at heart, and uh, I'm really excited for you. Hopefully, hopefully you pull this off. I need to get back to my sword. So I'm actually going to try, hopefully by the time I have to leave to Dallas next month for training, um, I'm really trying to do it. But I could still, if I stay in Dallas and I don't have to go to Michigan, I could still do it. Like I'll just bring my, of course, my switch with me. But yeah, I hope I do it too. And then uh, once I do that, then I'll go through and play the expansions. So, because I guess there's a lot of, um, I guess there's a lot of legendaries in the, the upcoming expansion. You're yeah, uh, you're getting tripped up to Michigan, perhaps? Is that what I heard? Yeah. Well, I mean, it depends. Like originally we were, but with all this crap that's going on, my unit pulled out of it. But they might still send cooks, so I don't know. Do you ever get sent to Pennsylvania? Well, we were going to go in March for the training for our uh, for the training for our summer um, the summer training, and. Uh, but it got canceled the week before when COVID hit. Yeah, that sucks, man. That the, COVID really was a real bummer on the world this year, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, real I, bummer. I didn't still expect is. after PAX East to be like, "Well, I went to the last convention ever." Yeah. Well, that's another thing we want to talk about too. Is um, do we want to do PAX East again? I, I'm planning on it. I'm still holding out hope that I can go to New York Comic Con this year. I don't. I don't think it's likely, but we'll see. Everyone, everyone's kind of opening up, and people seem to not really care at this point in in, in the world. So we're, we're. I'm gonna. I'm gonna hopefully go to New York Comic Con. Me and my buddy are talking about it, but like I said, I'm. I'm, I'm kind of hit hit or miss with that. Pessimistic, I would say, but trying to stay positive. So um, that would be what eight years? No, we seven years since yeah. we were, yeah. went. So I think we should. I think we should try and. I actually just got extremely sad when you said that because I was like, God, our, our lives were so drastically different back then. Mm-hmm. Man, I was, I was still dating Rochelle and we were having a blast. And You were losing in a giant uh, blow up wrestling ring. Yeah, we got to move on. I'm getting nostalgic and sad. Elijah, what have you been playing this week? <laughs> uh, the two things I really want to talk about first is the Iron Man VR demo I played. This game is not a game to be slept on. It is so good. So when you think of, you know, close your eyes and think, how would Iron Man move? Now, you have PlayStation Move controllers in your hand. That's how Iron Man moves. That's how you move him around. Like, that's how you fly. It's so incredibly well done. There's a button. So there's the trigger on each one, which, remind me. So there's like a trigger and a main button. Can't remember off the top of my head, but one of them is like a thruster and the other one like shoots something out. And then there's another button on it. You press and he essentially does like a power punch. And those are really just the only buttons you need to know. The game, the demo had the like training area where it taught you how to do stuff. And the first mission of the game, which is the whole plane part that we saw in the original trailer for the game and it's not the game isn't on rails but like it was in this area and the plane was going down and it essentially kept you with the plane the whole time so it kind of was but you had a wide area to fly around and shoot and everything but it was just so good it was so well done it looks gorgeous in there it had that same moment that batman vr did where you start putting everything on and it was like okay i feel awesome now and this one had 
uh, as Tony Stark, he's just like, well, I know what I got to do. And he just runs and jumps out the side of the plane. What and, kind of enemies are you fighting in the game? Is it scrolls? Like, or- so I, I don't know who the main enemy is only because it might be a normal Iron Man enemy that I just don't know. Um, but they were like the main things I was fighting were like these flying robot things. Um, again, I, I don't know normal, like, I don't know Iron Man comics hardly at all or anything. That's so like funny, that. isn't it? Because, so. because of the Avengers movies and Robert Downey Jr., Iron Man, you could argue, has become the most mainstream superhero. Yep. But no one knows anything about Iron Man out of, nope. outside the movies. And I'm like a huge comic book fan. I couldn't tell you who Iron Man's biggest nemesis is. I couldn't even begin to even guess. I mean, I know he fights scrolls sometimes with the Avengers, but... I haven't read an Iron Man comic in 20 years. Yeah, like, I, I'm guessing the enemy in this is a normal Iron Man enemy, uh, but I don't I don't know who it is. Like, something from your past, blah, 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 woman's voice. I don't know. Um, but, like, that, that demo was super fun to the point where that game is, like, one of my most look forward to games this year. Uh, wow. The big thing will be, like, can it keep up? that for the entire game i hope so like that feeling that fun uh i i would think so but i'm not gonna see and be like yeah for sure will uh but it, it it was totally surprising like i did not expect that one bit i went into that demo just been like yeah, i'll try this out and came out with it on pre-order wow um but the other thing i've been playing is i started and platinumed man eater which is the uh, shark P- RPG. Um, <laughs> Sounds terrible. <laughs> oh, uh, I, I made it sound better because uh, the actual phrasing used in the PR was shark PG. Um, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. It makes me so mad. <laughs> Essentially the story in this, yes, there's a story. Um, you play as the mom for the first like five, 10 minutes who gets caught by this fisherman named scaly Pete. And this camera crew is following around scaly Pete as he does his normal shark things. And he kills this mom shark and cuts open its belly. And there's a baby shark inside. He then like cuts the fin and throws the shark back in. And that's the shark you play as in this game. Your whole point is getting revenge on the fisherman who killed your mother. Um, but the story is kind of nonsense. There's not a whole lot there. It's just kind of like do stuff in this area and then see what scaly Pete's up to. And that's kind of the story until you eventually fight his boat. Um, but there are different side missions that are just little things like, uh, eat 10 catfish, which, uh, works its way into eventually eat 10 people on this beach. And that like, those are the side missions throughout the entire game. Uh, stuff. Like I'm not, that. I'm not sure. I'm even understanding what's happening right now. It is that. No, like <laughs> honestly, I don't know if I could say the exact words to get anybody to understand what it, actually this game is. It could definitely overstay its welcome. I knew by the end, especially because I was getting all the collectibles. I was like, I can't believe I have to do something. Um, but for the most part, I really enjoyed it. It was just nonsense, stupid fun, which is something I kind of needed. And it was, it, 
every fantasy you have about just going on a rampage, Maneater is the perfect one because you can eventually pick on anybody in the game. You start as a little baby, but you eventually get to level 30 and grow into a mega shark. And at the beginning, you're like, man, I'm having trouble against that alligator. And at the end, you're like, yo, I'm going to go mess up that whale. All right. Well, I'm going to clip that and send that to the FBI. Um, <laughs> uh, so Austin isn't here today. He was killed in an unfortunate bullfighting accident. Uh, he is with us in spirit. And uh, hopefully he'll be back next week. So oh we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Um, for me this week, I've been playing pretty much everything on my PC. Uh, I put a little bit of time here and there into Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. And I got to say, guys, Nintendo did an amazing job with this game. Uh, I was came in with pretty low expectations for a remaster because, you know, remasters sometimes are hit or miss. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of graphic quality. And I think definitely they could have done a little more with the environments. But I will say the characters look insane. They look really, really good. And I think they look about as good as uh, they could have possibly made them without a complete remake. I'm actually pretty convinced that the characters have been remade in the game because I'm not really sure how you scale up characters this well. But Xenoblade Chronicles, man, like... I think a lot of people sleep on the Xenoblade series. It's definitely the most popular of the Switch RPGs, but yeah. I think RPG fans are sleeping on it because it's a Switch RPG, and I think a lot of a lot of RPG fans like to play on PlayStation or PC, but Xenoblade Chronicles 1 and 2 are both really, really amazing games. There's a few things I dislike about Xenoblade Chronicles, um, one of them being the combat. Um, it, the combat is... Uh, angle driven so basically like in an mmo you have a tank a healer and a damage class and each character can fulfill each of these duties pretty much i mean some characters are limited to being just tank or, or damage but um for the most part you can you can switch around a little bit and, and, and customize your party but if you're the damage uh you have to angle your attacks to hit the side or the back of, of an enemy to do um the max amount of damage i'm not really crazy about that uh, Xenoblade 2 had a similar system, kind of, but it, it operated differently with the blades. Um, it would work a little bit better if the main tanks could hold aggro better, but that, that's, this is semantics. The game's amazing. The story of Xenoblade is really, really good. Um, and Xenoblade, or Xeno games, I guess I should say, all have similar themes of lost civilizations and um, really advanced lost civilizations that have left technology behind and, and stuff of that nature. And that really speaks to me as a person. I really, I really enjoy that type of theme in games. So the Xenoblade or the Xeno series has been always really special to me. Um, I will say though, straight up Xenoblade two is a better game and it's not even close and you can play either of those games in order because timeline wise, they take place at the exact same time. So you're not really missing anything if you don't play one or the other. Okay. but you should definitely play both of them they're both great games uh, i think xenoblade 2 pulls it away with the character development because uh, the character development in 2 is amazing one is it's okay the thing is though is that i think that's to be expected because you know they took all the the mistakes and lessons from one and fixed them in two so xenoblade 2 is a great game xenoblade one's a great game play whichever one you like i think if you like one you're gonna enjoy the other the art the art in the game is amazing. The music in the game is amazing. They're massive games, uh, probably about as big as a Persona game each. So 
uh, definitely, definitely jump into them if you're an RPG fan. I really, really, really recommend them. Um, the other game I've been playing a lot is Apex Legends. Uh, me and two of my buddies have a pre-made group, and we get on every single one of our days off, and we play for four or five plus hours, and we're getting really good at the game. And, you know, guys, I really didn't think I would ever find uh, love in the shooter genre again, but... I found it in Apex Legends. Now, I was a huge shooter fan back in the Halo days, and then Halo uh, Reach came out and kind of ruined that for me. But uh, Apex Legends is really, really good, man. It's really fun to group up with a with a party of your friends and get in there and, and take some victories. We, we just started playing a couple weeks ago, and we've already gotten uh, six or seven victories. So I'm pretty happy with that. And we've come in the top three, I think, 19 times. So we're, we're actually doing pretty well. And, I'm pretty hell bent on getting on getting better because I the reason I stopped playing shooters so much is because I'm super competitive and I get really really mad when I lose. So, um, what system are you playing it on? PC. PC? That yeah. game is amazing. Yeah, Apex Legends is really really good. I'm really happy with how that game turned out. Um, other than that, I played Sea of Thieves for three hours. I think they those that same group of people they wanted me to play Sea of Thieves and I said no and they're like, well, what if we buy it for you? I'm like. If you buy it for me, I will be willing to try it out. And I played it for, I think, three or four hours. And I got to say, guys, that game sucks. <laughs> that game sucks. I really, truly did not have any fun whatsoever playing Sea of Thieves. I just, there's no, have you guys played Sea of Thieves at all? Yes, I have. haven't touched it. There's no point to the game. Nope. You can't upgrade yourself. You can't nope. get stronger. You can't, there's nothing. There's no to- progression whatsoever. There's, yeah, it's just, let's get on a boat, let's go mess with some people who are trying to PvE and get better gear, and then, like... like And not even better it, gear, it's just different colored or different looking gear. That's it. It's really stupid. Like, I, I really, like, I see people talking about it all the time. I think the game is really, really dumb. I, I don't I don't like it at all, and I'm going to be very forthright about that. I'm never going to play Sea of Thieves ever again, because I played it, I really tried to give it a shot, and... If Sea of Thieves wasn't fun with two of my best friends playing with me, I can't imagine it's ever going to be fun for me ever. And I, I just, I was so, I was so miserable that night playing Sea of Thieves that like, I'm like, I, I'm done with this forever. I'm never going to play it. Well, one thing is the rare that we knew and grew up with, that's not rare. You know, that's not the same. Yeah. It's not the same group. Why Microsoft would want to do something with this instead of like, hey, you know, let's, let's make either a new conquer or let's do something really solid with banjo, you know? Well, if you'll notice sea of the yeah, sea of thieves fits Microsoft's general, what they want in games, which is co-op. That's what they want. In, like all their games, all their which stuff. Is a reasonable goal. That's a reasonable goal, but they have to be good games, man. Like they yep. have to be good. And Sea of Thieves has almost everything going for it, right? It's a, it's really pretty. It's got the the fun party aspect to it. Like the water, cool the water is gorgeous. The water's gorgeous, but there's no progression in the game. There's no, there's nothing to do other than get on your boat. And the ship combat sucks, by the way. Like yeah, because because it's not even about like it takes forever. So basically, how this works, coach, if you can imagine this in your head, is you got two ships, right? And the ship combat works about as you'd expect. You got the cannons on the side and whatnot, but the respawn point for the characters is on the ship. So if you kill somebody, they respawn on the ship after you kill them. And 
basically what it turns into is a war of resources. Whoever has the most resources is going to win because you can continuously repair the ship as you're in it as well. And it just, the, the battles take forever. It's, it's, I don't know, man. I really did not have fun with the game. I'm sure other people, like I see online, are loving it, but I thought Sea of Thieves was just a complete dud from the beginning. I, I, I did not like the game whatsoever. I just wasn't interested. No. I, and you know what? I think if you, if you guys are looking for pirate games, I think the Ubisoft pirate game, what's it called? Skull and Bones? Skull and Bones. Yeah, I think that's going to be way better. I, I can't imagine that, that, that it's going to be any worse than Sea of Thieves. So. I, I'm so glad I had Game Pass because I just downloaded it onto my Xbox and was like, all right, yeah, let's play. And then at the end of the night, I'm like, well, I'm good, and deleted it off the console. Yeah. When it, dude, when we got beat the first time, I was like, all right, guys, well, let's go let's go to like do some missions and get some better gear and, and come back and, and win a few. And they're like, oh, well, you actually can't. You can't get any better gear. I'm like, ah, uh, excuse me? That's when I was done. And I was, yeah. I was done. And then I just started fishing off the boat until they were done playing. They were like in, they were like in the middle of a battle, and I was just casting my line, just catching fish yeah the, the fact that there's no progression there it's there's no reason to oh yeah let me go through all this and uh, what am i going to get out of it let me choose a different scope to look through yeah it's just not fun at all um but i digress let's move on to a couple questions from the from the viewers we got two questions this week from chris chamberlain he says what are each of your predictions for Sony's event next Thursday, which is tomorrow? How are all of your hype levels? So this is his first question. Um, I guess I'll just start off. I'm extremely excited for this. Um, I think it's time. We've waited long enough for the PS5. There's a lot of really, really interesting rumors coming out about mm-hmm. games that, man, if now... If they're launch window or launch titles, it's drastically different because obviously we just got our last launch window game this year. Um, but I will say the games that are rumored for PS5 are really, really exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, Elijah, you were talking about Silent Hills earlier today. Um, can you give us a little information on that? Because I didn't really look into Silent so, Hills much. Um, there's nothing really to say, oh, yeah, there's a Silent Hill game coming, but... If you look at a just all of the rumors that Silent Hill is coming back, and then B, some placeholder went up on Amazon. What was it like Amazon Germany or something like that? Amazon Amazon UK it was, uh, and it was, there was like a hundred and seventeen different PS5 SKUs that included games, consoles, stuff like that, and a lot of them are total BS, but it had different companies. And it would say like a dummy skew Konami was one of them. So think about, okay, if Konami's coming out with a game, odds are, you know, Metal Gear Solid, I doubt we'd see another Metal Gear Solid this fast. Uh, What about Silent Hill? There's been so many rumors about it. And I mean, yeah, there were the rumors about, you know, Silent Hill, Metal Gear, and Castlevania bought by Sony, blah, 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 whatever. But beyond that, there is just the, Silent Hill games are coming. And I think that is totally real. I do too, man, because this is a rumor that refuses to die. Exactly. And it just keeps coming back around. And I just don't like, usually when like a rumor, when people get excited, then it dies off and you're kind of like, all right, whatever. But Silent Hills just keeps coming back around. And I think Sony especially probably knows from their data from the PT demo 
just how much people want this, you mm-hmm. know? And uh, it, it, it seems very viable to me. I don't know. And there's another game that seemingly was confirmed by a website in uh, somewhere in the EU that put up the game's title and cover art and then promptly took it down. So uh, you notice all of the Resident Evil games, every one went on sale last Thursday when this event was supposed to go down at the lowest prices they've ever been. And I don't know what retailer, some retailer leaked Resident Evil Village with the V-I-L-L as the V-I-I-I, which has been the rumored title for like five months ever since rumors started popping up. Yeah. Um, We're we're getting that trailer tomorrow. I agree. Uh, also, another thing that's pretty much been completely confirmed is a new Dead Space game. The writer of Dead Space tweeted, and he now deleted the tweet, so I'm sorry, I can't quote it word for word, but he posted something along the lines of like, oh, keep an eye on Sony's conference tomorrow with a whole bunch of the eye emojis. And then later on down the tweet thread, he said something about like, in all cap. he said something and Dead Space was in all caps. So... It seems pretty. It seems pretty clear to me that we're gonna get new Dead Space, which is extremely exciting because I know people love that series. Uh, oh, it's such an amazing series, with the exception of the third one. I think people don't like as much. We um, don't. We what third one? There wasn't a third game. Yeah. Um. So, wait. There, there was a third game, wasn't there? You're just being sarcastic, right? He's being sarcastic. Being sarcastic. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say I could have swore there was a third Dead Space game, but um, there's that. There's also rumors of Spider-Man Two being shown off, which I'd be super excited for. Uh, and there's rumors of Horizon 2 being shown off, which are more credible, I think. There was something else about the Horizon 2 rumors, I thought, that I saw that made it more credible. But I'm not sure. I'm just, I'm very excited, man. It's time. Like, I love my PS4. I do. Um, I, I don't really feel a need to move on. But I'm really, really excited to see what Sony has coming next. Because we've been hearing the PS5 rumors for so long at this point, And it, everyone talks about it every single week on all the podcasts I listen to. And I'm just like, I'm ready. What I'm not ready for is the next two years of console comparisons from uh, ga- mainstream games media uh, fueling the console war. I hate that. I hate that so much. Oh, get ready for yep. it. I know. And we just finished that. Like, it just yep. stopped happening. Like, and it's, it was years. so nice. It was just like the, the water was nice and calm. Everybody was singing Kumbaya. There wasn't yep. this, you know, I'm Xbox. I'm so, you know, it, there wasn't a, all of that. It was just games and now it's about to blow up again yeah we're gonna see that we're gonna see that image of that that famous image of the one e3 like 10 years ago where uh sony and xbox were across the booths from each other you mm-hmm. guys know what image i'm talking about oh yeah, yeah. that's gonna be that's gonna be in every single uh, article for the next two years and here's how we share a game was that one you're talking no, about no, no, uh, no, no, no at e3 uh, Sony, or well, specifically PlayStation and Xbox, their booths were right next to each other. So there's this famous picture of someone just standing in the middle of the walkway as you see a giant PlayStation logo on one side and a giant oh, Xbox yeah, yeah, logo yeah. on the other side. Right. Yeah, you've seen yeah. that image. It's going to be in every yeah. article for the next two years. It's really annoying me. I hate the console wars. Let's all just get along. Like Sony and Xbox obviously have no animosity towards each other. They tweet each other all the time. Like, let's come on, let's get over it. But hey, that generates clicks from IGN. So. And I, I know you guys, a lot of people are wanting a second Spider-Man, but I hope that before we get another Spider-Man, we get another Ratchet and Clank. Uh, Colin Moriarty actually confirmed that on his podcast. What? That there, a new Ratchet and Clank is coming. Yeah, he he's 
pretty adamant that there is a new Ratchet and Clank coming. Well, I'm sure he wants no, 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 Ratchet he, and Clank. No, he he said he, he said it, like it, he has sources. Essentially, there is a new Ratchet and Clank coming. Well, I'll wait. I mean, I'll wait till I. I mean, I've learned just wait till the developer says so, right? Yeah, I mean. But it's someone that's that into the industry and someone that it has but that. Is he really? Yeah, right dude, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, he's got the he's got the biggest gaming uh, Patreon in the world right now. Uh, he surpassed Easy Allies, and I mean, let's be honest, he knows a ton of developers in the industry and right. uh, is, is good friends with them. So I, I believe when Colin says something like that, um, it's because like Colin Colin's very when it comes to like his sources and what he says, very um, particular. And him and Greg were the same exact way. For instance, um, I think it was the PS I Love You twenty twenty sixteen the E3. I, I can't remember exactly the year, but they particularly left out any mention of Insomniac and Spider-Man because they had inside sources. They couldn't say anything about it. Right. And they later went on the next podcast and were like, listen, guys, if we if we leave something out completely, that's pretty good like that's pretty good uh, information that like we have inside sources that we can't break. So there, there's definitely something there. Um, but um, what about you guys? What are, what are your uh, predictions for Sunny's event tomorrow? Well, for me, I predict that it will not be canceled. <laughs> that's that's my start. number one prediction. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I just hope, I honestly hope it's what we all want, you know, that it's not another tech demo or it's not, right, you know, right. I, I just, I hope that it is the um, E3, you know, the showcase that they normally do. Because well, you remember the one they it's did? It's a little over an hour. Remember the one that they did? Was it 13 or 14? Which one? Well, you got to give us more information. For the PS4. When the, when that was 13. It was, yeah, it was 2013. You remember the E3 for that, though? How amazing it was? Oh, and they just came straight at Microsoft. Bro. Like, like, it like was straight a, savage level. Yeah, it was yes. awesome. I loved it. I loved every moment of that um, because they they showed a lot of indie games. You know, mm -hmm. they they um, man, that was so good. So I'm hoping it's that caliber. Like that's what I want to see. I want to see new stuff. I don't necessarily. I mean, like yeah, I said Ratchet and Clank, but I want to see some new IPs. You know, one thing that I think is really fascinating about the PS5 right now. And I'm sorry, Elijah. I'll, I'll move on to you. Oh no, no. Is that Fine. everything that I've seen has said that the PS5 is faster than current PCs can get because yep. the um, proprietary solid state drive. Yep. And that's the first time that's happened since the PS2 era. And I'm really interested to see, first off, I think the rumors in, uh, that we were talking about in our chat that it's $600, I think they're probably accurate. And I'll pay that. I really don't care. But I think, I think that's really interesting that it's the first time in, what, 20 years, 15 years that we've got a console that's actually faster than current PCs, which is yeah. really, really exciting. Uh, the, the thing that saddens me about that whole speed thing is that, like, there's another slot to add some more storage that nothing works in yet because other stuff doesn't exist yet that can work in it. It's but that's wise. kind of exciting. That's kind of exciting, isn't it? That like It is, but think about work? if you want to add another terabyte, when that comes out, it's probably going to be like 200 bucks. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're probably right about that. But, all, I mean, let's be honest. That doesn't really affect us. We're all adults. So, like, if it's a kid. As I have six terabytes in my PS4 right now. Yeah, see, here we go. So, let me ask you this, okay? With everything that we know so far, are we going to be able to finally get 
1080p, smooth, 60 frames per second. I mean, it's going to depend on the that, game. Right? It's going to depend so. on the game, but my guess is essentially most, at least most games will have that. I think a, a lot of games you can get that right now. It's the 4K that is not 60 frames per second. Right. Yeah. And I don't think it will. I think you could still go 4K at 30. Right? Yeah, for the most part. See, my thing is, dude, about, about the resolution is I really, like, Xenoblade Chronicles runs sometimes at, like, less than 300 resolution, 300p. And it's, like, the game still looks, yeah, uh, portable. And it still looks really, really great. And as long as the games are smooth and they look good, I'm yeah. okay with it, man. You know, like, I'm over this whole resolution war because now, like, 8K is coming out. And it's like, all right, let's 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 stop. I, like, maybe, it, maybe it's the old person coming out at me. But I'm like, do we really need higher resolution stuff? Like, it looks good enough. Let's be you know, real. It, I'm the first of us that would upgrade their TV. And even I'm like, yeah, I'm not getting 8K forever. Well... I, I did tell myself this because I was at Costco yesterday just looking at the um, the different high-def televisions, right? And and you could tell the really good ones were anywhere from like $1,800 to $2,500, right? And I just want to make sure that when when I eventually do purchase the PS5 and the, the uh, Series X, that my TV will be able to use all the functionality of that machine, I, get uh, that. I don't think I don't think you're going to have a problem with that. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I got a 4K TV, a 4K Roku TV um, a few years ago, and I love it, man. I think I think that that TV is my favorite TV I've ever had. Um, I, hear, I hear the like Roku ones are really good. Yeah. Well, the Roku integration is so nice, dude, because it comes to the Roku remote. You have all your apps right on the screen. You don't have to hook any smart devices to it whatsoever. I mean, I used to use my PS4 for Netflix all the time. Right. I haven't touched my the Netflix app on my PS4 in years at this point because I have my Roku TV. Um, and I, I, I'm really, really happy with that. I would really recommend getting a smart TV with Roku. Oh yeah. I, I love my smart TV so much. Yeah, man. It's, it's awesome. Um, where were we at? Oh yeah. Elijah, what, what about you for, uh, the PS PS5 reveal? So as I said, Resident Evil eight, Silent Hill are my two biggest ones. I think we are getting horizon two. Um, it's, it's almost a given at this point. I also, I could see a, Maybe not remake, but like a resistance remastered because uh, they've been tweeting about it. They've so been much. tweeting about resistance so much out of nowhere. I would for love to no see reason that, whatsoever. Really? Yes. Yeah. For like the last six months. Like they'll just random randomly put up a tweet. that's like two words and it has to do with resistance. Yeah. Or interesting. Yeah. Like I, I think one literally just just said the fall of man. And it was just a random tweet from Insomniac. Like, what does this mean? I'll be honest. And, and if they've been doing that for this long and they don't have something in the works, it's kind of a, you know, that's kind of a, a, a move. At yeah. This point. So it's yeah, like, you, it is. you know, so Austin, I think you got to edit that D word. Yeah. Um, I could, I actually, as I was saying that, I tried to think of something else to say. And I was like, I can't. <laughs> bad it, move. It, it, well, it's just bad move, I guess. But Okay. So let me ask you this. I mean, there's so much to talk about, and next week's episode will be really fun to talk about everything. But do you think that we'll finally see WB Montreal's new Batman yes. game? Yes, I do. No, I don't, actually. And uh, I expect it's coming out this year. I did, hope well, so. Did they I hope both on, of those. Did they come true. out on record saying it's not going to be out anytime soon? No, they haven't said anything. 
I thought they Rocksteady did. said nope. that. Yeah. Okay. Rocksteady said that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, along know, along with those uh, like game, you know, how I said about the like the dummy placeholders, uh, and there were the different companies. There was uh, Rockstar, Coke Media, Konami, Warner Brothers. What else does Warner Brothers make? Lego and WB Montreal, basically. Yeah. Slash Rocksteady. Yeah. I mean, I'm hoping, like, we all know that there's they're working on a Batman game, but they just I just hope that they're gonna announce it. Just blow me away. That would be the biggest thing for me right there. Is and and you know, Batman Arkham Origins. A lot of people didn't really care for it because I did actually. I thought it was because because Rocksteady didn't develop it, but I enjoyed it. Even with the little bit of the issues, it was still a solid game. Like you played on PC right now, man. It looks like current gen. Plays like current gen. I think actually it's probably my favorite of the of the four. Um, Yeah, because I mean, like it's the genesis or it's the origin of Batman and the Joker. Yeah, and you know what? Honestly, dude, I'll be really upset if it's another Joker story in in the Batman games. Like, I'm but, over it. I'm over I mean, Joker. It's all pointing to, of course, uh, Court of Owls, Night of Owls. Which would be awesome. It would be yep. awesome. But let's not forget that Arkham Origins uh, all pointed to Deathstroke being the main villain at the time. And it Did was, it really? Yeah, and it was like, it was like one boss fight. All, all the trailers and everything were about Deathstroke. And then it was it was one boss fight. And it slapped us even more in the face when he was... Uh, tank fight in arkham knight (laughs) right hey man this is one of batman's biggest adversaries so fun fact as elijah likes to say is for arkham origins i bought it for the wii u because i thought that wb montreal would utilize the gamepad like they did with arkham city armored edition because to me that's the best game that utilized the wii pad or the wii pad the wii u gamepad and all it was is just a map I'm like, come on, man. You guys like destroyed it and you owned it with the gamepad on um, Arkham City. So, but um, when I played it again on PC, man, it's a really good game. I love that game, Arkham Origins. Yeah, I so. agree. It's actually, I think, like I said, I think it's the best one. Um, all right. Chris's next question is, we're going to answer this later in the show. Thoughts on the Destiny 2 plans for the next few years? I'm really excited to see how slash where they take this universe. Um, and yeah, like I said, we're, yep. a lot of, that's a lot of just topic of the week. So yep. we're going to get, we're going to get there. Um, Alden asks, to, uh, this is a question for coach in light of the Spyro crash CTR medieval Tony Hawk remakes with you being the 32 bit professor, what hidden gems ha- that have gotten more popular due to the rise of retro gaming channels? Would you like to see remade? So I've been thinking about this question for a good uh, 24 hours and I want to thank Alden for asking that. And I mean, it's hard to think of like hidden gems that have gotten more popular, but a game that's not talked about that I would love, and it's owned by Square, that I would love for Square to, to remake using the same engine and the look and feel of Octopath Traveler is Tactics Ogre Knights, the Knight of the Lodi which uh, released on the Game Boy Advance. Um, that is a really good game. And it's a strategy RPG, but those battles can last like 45 minutes. Like, it's no joke. Yeah, um, I would love to see that game remade in that engine. And then, you know, the, the Game Boy Advance uh, Castlevania games. 
if they could like remake them using the bloodstain um engine that they just you know that just came out last year that would be amazing was you know, the blood, was bloodstain an engine well, it no, it wasn't an engine, but whatever engine they used to, okay, to I see what you're saying. Right. So whatever engine they used to create that title. Um, I'm pretty sure it was Unity, if I remember correctly. Yeah, but uh I think those would be the two big ones that I would be fine. Of course, Rogue Squadron, you know, that's that's my my jam. And uh, you know, um Star Wars Republic Commando, but I don't think any of those would be touched again. But the non-Star Wars games, those two right there. It was uh, it was Unreal Engine four, by the way. Um, okay. Yeah, I actually I I really want to see uh, this is no surprise to anyone a Chrono Trigger uh, remake. I think that we're actually heading towards that. I think we'll get that in the next few years. Um, but throw Tokyo RPG Factory on it. They've already, they've already been making spiritual successors to Chrono Trigger. Um, Which one was it? What What do you mean? The spiritual successor. Um, I am Setsuna. And Lost Sphere to, to some to some extent. Yeah. Really, those two are kind of like okay, because I have those titles. Have you beat them? I played a little bit of I Am Setsuna on the Switch and Lost Sphere on the Switch, and uh, they're really really good. Really very sad, somber games. Um, I haven't gotten all the way through them yet, so I, I'll when get you go back and play it. Let me know, and I'll start it with you, and I'll play. You know, and then we can talk about it. All right, that sounds. But good. but let me know when you do. Because right. Austin and I are going to do something similar in August, so right. um, yeah. All right, well, let's jump in. Let's jump into our news topics of the week. Uh, Coach, tell us about some summer eShop deals going on right now. Okay, so um, believe it or not, it's not just third-party titles that are going to be um, showcased. However, here's some of the games: uh, Dragon Quest Eleven uh, has gone from sixty dollars to forty-one. Dragon Quest. Builders 2, same, 60 to 41. Dark Souls is 24 bucks. Skyrim is half off at 30. Wolfenstein 2 is 30. Witcher 3 is 42. Diablo 3 is 30. Crash Team Racing is 23. Nino Kuni is the biggest. Well, I guess it's 30 also, but from 50 to 20. Now, the, the first party titles... The uh, new Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe goes from sixty to forty-two. Captain Toad forty to twenty-seven dollars. Tropical Freeze actually got a uh, is on sale, believe it or not, for forty-two dollars. And then Fire Emblem Warriors is also forty-two. Um, but the biggest sale is Mario Rabbids from sixty to fifteen dollars. And if you do not have that title. For fifteen, it's way it's worth sixty dollars because um, of the DLC that it has with Donkey Kong. But that is that's the steal I think of the whole summer sale. If you don't have Mario Rabbids and you want to have a fun, uh, just a fun silly game, uh, fifteen dollars. So it's a really good, um, really good sale going on. Awesome, awesome. I jumped in. Uh, there was a summer. There was a sale going on when I bought those Tark- Tokyo RPG Factory games as well. So. I was also, looking for IMSA for 20 bucks and I, I got it. So there, there, there are good sales that happen on this. Also, course. Grid is on sale for $24.99, and I think that's the first time it has ever gone on sale. Grid's Which one? Game. Grid, the racing yeah. game. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, and I was going to ask you, Elijah, how is it on the, uh, on the Switch? I don't know. I don't have it. Okay. I kept waiting to see if the physical copy would get a price drop, 
and I just found out recently there is no physical copy. That's wow. saddened to me. So I'm going <laughs> to need to grab it digitally at some point. Yeah. All right, Elijah, tell us about this uh, Destiny nonsense that's going on. So we'll we'll do the fun part before we get to the part I have a problem with. They announced over Bungie had this big stream about Destiny 2 and its future. And essentially, they have three new DLCs planned, the first of which is called Beyond Light, launching this fall. And they already announced their DLC for next year and 2022. A new season starts today as well, the, the season of Arrivals. And they did announce that Destiny 2 will be coming to the PS5 and Xbox Series X with free upgrades. So... And anything you purchased on PS4 or Xbox One, you will have in the PS5 or Xbox Series X version, including all cross, what is it, cross progression. Uh, They are, you will also be able, if you are on PS4, you can play with PS5 and back and forth. They are working on true cross play across all consoles, but that won't be coming anytime this year. But the big problem I have with this, because that all sounds really cool. I'm like I that, that I was reading them like you know what I want to play Destiny again that sounds cool but then they announced here's the TLDR of Destiny two is too large to efficiently update and maintain so what they're going to do instead of building Destiny three and leaving Destiny two behind they're going to cycle out well cycle out and in older less actively played content from the live game into what they call the Destiny content vault. This will allow them to add and add to and support Destiny 2 for years, including the three new expansions, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it will include all content from Destiny 1 and anything that cycles out of Destiny 2. Uh, they'll bring back or unfold activity and destination content each year. And it all starts with the Cosmodrome, which was a big thing from one that I didn't experience yet, and the Vault of Glass raid. Now, here is where it starts to get worse. The primary Destiny 2 content leaving the game and going into the vault this fall are the destinations Mars, Io, Titan, Mercury, and Leviathan, and their supported activities. The problem with that, most of the Destiny 2 campaign, and I believe all of the first two Destiny 2 expansions, are on those planets. And uh, Chris did later confirm to me that includes the campaign missions are going away. So newer people aren't supposed to understand what's going on in Destiny. Like a a lot of the stuff that they have mentioned sounds really, really cool. But they're taking away the actual story of Destiny 2 because that was the main problem I had with Destiny 1. There wasn't hardly any story in the game. Any collectibles you found or any back things you wanted to know about, you had to go to the Bungie website. To read the collectibles you picked up in-game, you had to go to a computer and to the website. Yeah, it was absolute nonsense. It was nonsense. And now they're getting rid of a lot of the story again? I don't... So, like, so much of the stuff sounds cool they're doing... He's like the new one's called Beyond Light, and there's another one that's like Lights Fall or Fall of Light or something like that. And they're adding in a new. There are three current. I don't. I don't know if you want to call it. There's like Ion, 
they're kind of like one is lightning and one is fire stuff like that basically but they're adding in a new one called darkness which goes along with this beyond light fall of light and i can't remember what the second one is called but it essentially makes it sound like apparently they want to have kind of a faction thing going on kind of reminiscent of like what is it horde and alliance alliance uh in a way so you it sounds like plans are kind of you can start being uh god what what is the main character called again of destiny uh, the, um, oh my god i don't know buddy Did i blanked I, I, i'm i'm reinstall i'm reinstalling destiny one tonight um <laughs> but th- essentially you can start being like the a dark version is what That's it sounds like they're going towards and i'm like that sounds really really cool like, the stuff that they are doing going forward sounds awesome. I don't like what they're doing with what they have back. I totally get out. I, I totally get the cycling out some of the less used things from the game, but you're getting rid of campaign missions. You're getting rid of story. And granted, getting rid of one or two of those may not do anything overall for the story, but it's not like each mission has a ton to it. But when you're taking out two thirds of the campaign and both of the first two expansions, you're taking out a giant chunk of that game, a giant chunk of the story that that game is building. So what is all of a sudden it's just we're going to have a cutscene that gives us everything from the original game. And also no, you're going to have to buy the comic. Well, that also brings me to okay, people like me. I like getting trophies. Do all of those like trophies or achievements just not exist anymore? Or you can only get them at certain times of each year? Because there there is stuff tied to the campaign. And it's like Yeah, the Destiny main character is the Traveler, by the way. Traveler, thank you. Wait. No, wait. no, no, the Traveler is the Guardian, giant the Guardian. Guardian, Guardian, thank you. Yeah, you can be Dark Guardians. The Traveler is the giant ball thing that I never really figured out what it was yet. Um but yeah, I, I don't like how they're getting rid of what is essentially a giant chunk of the main story of the game. So what are newcomers supposed to do? Like I said, are we going to get a cutscene? Like, is, our, is it going to be a comic? Like, what is... All this new stuff sounds really cool that they're adding, but I think, I feel like they're taking out some of the worst stuff you can take out. If it's like, here's... Chris was telling me there's like three versions of the one PVP mode, the crucible and like only one of them ever gets played. Yeah. Cycle out the other two. Fine. Maybe add them in occasionally. Like here's a special event. We're adding this version in for two months. So cycle those out. But you know, what this this reminds me of is the, um, the racing mode they had in the game that everyone loved. Yeah. They took it out and they never brought it back. And it just, it's kind of like, what are you guys doing? This game. Yeah. Um, Here's the thing about this, man, is that I played the Destiny 2 campaign, and it was fine. It was okay. Um, I know Pedro played the expansions and really, really loved them, and he said they were amazing, and the story was great and whatnot, so it's kind of weird to see the fact that they're taking these out, and I don't really understand. Like, just add more content. Why do you have to remove stuff? It doesn't make much sense. And, like, I get it because they said one thing, the size and complexity of the game is also contributing to more bugs and less innovation, I totally get the more bugs you're adding and adding and adding and one little thing could cause a problem somewhere you just don't have time to look. 
and didn't even think of. And I get that. But I feel like they're cycling out the wrong. Oh, the the raid from Destiny 2 is being cycled out. Which one? The original one. Okay. Is being cycled out. I'm like, cool. I guess I'll have to try and do that quick. All right. What are you? Have you got a Destiny 2 character at all? Yes. I, 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 what level is it? Oh God, I don't remember. I, I beat the game. Like I'm, we did like half the raid. It was like me, Austin, Fancy, Craig. I don't remember two other people. And we did like most of the raid and got stuck. And we, I didn't have a chance to go back. So like, I, I, I did most of the original content in the game. I just didn't get to do anything else. So thankfully, I'll, I'll be able to jump in and not be that far behind but still like like i said just for for newcomers what what are they going to do because the story did get better get better yeah get better and it's interesting it's they made it super interesting so let me ask you this um you said you're going to go back and play destiny one so are you going to go back and play all the expansions the single player expansions as well um, specifically the expansions, I beat the game and I'm partly through the Taken King expansion, which I think is the final expansion. Um, so how many expansions? Because now you kind of got me like the first game, I think just had three and this was a big thing. So the first game had three expansions and then destiny two came out. And one of the things that Bungie is getting out of now being independent is now they don't have a company breathing down their neck and saying, don't keep adding stuff, make Destiny 3, which they had when they made Destiny 2. Because they they want to make Destiny 2 more of like a long-standing MMO kind of thing. Which it shows. Like that that's what they're doing. I think it's awesome. But that's why I think there were just so so little expansions in Destiny 1 compared to 2. Because I, I, when asked about it, I think they said, yeah, if we were to make a Destiny 3, just so you know, it would take like three years of nothing being added to Destiny 2 because the entire team would have to work on the new game. Well, they, they need to expand, obviously, then, if that's the case. But, um. but all right. But well, I mean, I mean, that's OK. I'm sorry, Seth, but I think that's OK. I mean, we don't need a number, another number three, but just take the time to create new content on the new yeah. consoles, you know, I'm all so, for games. I'm all for games becoming platforms and just, Oh, I completely agree. Yeah. Like that's too one bad of the things stupid, that uh, Madden doesn't do that. I mean, like imagine if you could just get one Madden and just update the, uh, the roster. Can you do that with, uh, the last one or no? Nope. As someone who buys Madden every year, I <sighs> wish they would do that. It would save me money, but I still buy Madden every year to get the right. new rosters and everything. That's uh, it's not that that's EA, and I EA mean they they sucks. they add in like some new, like they they do new features like new, I don't even know, like different things in the game itself like gameplay innovations and such, but it's just a little bit. So if you were to go from like Madden two thousand four to Madden two thousand and ten, you'd be like, wow, I notice a huge difference. But that's because there's like six years in between of differences. If you go each year to year, it's like, I notice a few things, but nothing that would make this a $60 game. Right. All right. Well, let's uh, let's let's wrap up this week on some uplifting news. Um, 
this is a, this is a kind of a funny story. So, uh, Kings of Amalur Re Reckoning, the the remake of Kings of Amalur Reckoning, one of my favorite games of all time. I can't explain enough how much I love this game. Uh, it showed up on. Let me see here. I have the article. Uh, for they showed up on the official Microsoft Store, um, and and Amazon, which kind of like unofficially uh, revealed the the remaster, you know. And then THQ Nordic posted a tweet says. Kingdoms of what? Never heard of it. Um, so a little bit of background. THQ Nordic actually bought the um, the IP of Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning um, f- from the 38 Studios, which went under because they put so much money into this game. And uh, Kurt Schilling, who's a former NBA, uh, MLB pitcher, <laughs> NBA, uh, MLB pitcher, um, he dumped all this money into the game. And oh, was that his company? That was his game? Yep. Yeah. And and they owed the state of Maine like millions yep. of dollars and stuff like that. It was a really crazy story that happened over over a year. And they, they eventually went under. But THQ Nordic picked it up like they've done for pretty much everything uh, in the last two years. And But EA still had the publishing rights. Apparently, they worked out some sort of deal. And then they later came out and... Um, so the rumors are true. Prepare for a re-reckoning becomes Kingdoms of Amalur is coming back. Remaster with stunning visuals and refined gameplay. It's soon time to experience an epic RPG journey and its DLCs like never before. Um, and this is now the most exciting game for me in 2020, guys. Like, I'm so exci- excited for this game. I, I still pick up Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning and, and play around in it uh, probably once a year. So this game coming out, I, I imagine I'm going to dump another 200, 300 hours into this game. It's so good. The world's so amazing. Um, everything's written by R.A. Salvatore, who's a very famous fantasy writer. Um, and, and I really had a blast with this game. It's a really fun game. I hope people pick it up because I, I don't think it got the due diligence when it came out. So really exciting. I really want to play it. Um, yeah, have, you, have you never played it before? No, Elijah? no. I, 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 I keep really hearing it super it. good. Have you played Fable? Yes. Okay, so Kings of Amalur Reckoning was what Fable 2 should have been. It's an open world, uh, same sort of uh, art style, except without the ugly characters. And the story's amazing because it's written by R.A. Salvatore. And the world's really fun. You can customize your character in all these really cool ways. To do you know magic or a rogue or a warrior. And it's a really, really fun game. And, and it made me sad that, that that IP went under. And it was good, never going to see the light of day again. But then THQ Nordic steps up. And starts buying things like Darksiders and Reckoning and whatever else they they buy. I mean, THQ Nordic got they bought must have so some. much. It, you know, like that's a topic for another time. But THQ Nordic has to have some sort of shady background deals going on because those guys have <laughs> a seemingly an unlimited amount of money. They really did. Do. They buy Time Splitters. Yes. Yeah. Like, hurry up and make the remake of that, please. Right? You know, like, come on, man. What are you waiting and that, on? That's the big thing they're doing too is remakes of all these different series remakes and remasters and i'm like all right that means time time splitters is coming all right give me is that on xbox uh um the xbox one backwards compatibility list i have no idea because i think the best version was the xbox version the original xbox but i it was on the gamecube and the ps2 also but i'm just thinking man like Come on, get these games out, man, because people want these. THQ mm-hmm. Nordic has single-handedly re- reinvigorated the AA space in gaming. Oh, it's God, pretty yeah. amazing. It's, yep. it's so, dude, it's so weird. They, I, I need to know where they're getting their money from because it doesn't make any sense to me. They, they bought the Darksiders IP and put out Darksiders 3. Now, granted, it wasn't that great, but they still did it, which is crazy. From China. And then Darksiders Genesis, awesome. even. Yeah, but I'm not interested in that one. I can care less about Genesis. Um, but 
I still have to that's play all we got. game. That's all we got this week, gentlemen. Uh, I don't want to go on too long because Austin will, Austin will ring my neck. I, I do want to ask you guys just each one more question. Uh, okay. And Seth just gave us his. What is everyone's like most look forward to game this year? You mean being released being or being released. announced? Confirmed, I guess, is what he's talking about. Now, but this might change next week. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Okay. Conf- e- even if you think it's going to come out this year. I would love to hear that there's a, a single-player expansion. Well, of course, single-player because there's no multiplayer. But something along Jedi Fallen Order. I would love like a maybe a four-hour campaign. I would say they would need to make another game because they already confirmed they, they aren't doing any DLC for that game. Like the, oh, okay. there's no expansions or anything. Right. That game is that game. Um, because I would lo- I'm, I'm right there with you. I would love that. You beat it? You played it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I love oh, that game. It. it was a good game. It was so yes. good. That's good one game. game that I'll always go back to. Yeah, your game is good. Because it has such a foothold. That time period of the Jedi Purge is there's not a lot of information about that. And, well, I don't know if I agree with that at this point. Well, okay, there, there is a little bit more lately, but they could really do a lot with, with games in that time period. The coolest part about that that time period, I think, is the Darth Vader comics where he's hunting down oh, uh, yes. the, the rogue Jedi. That, that's a really cool part of that time period. Um, and, of course, we're going to get the Obi-Wan show coming out, too, which is going to be really neat. So, and Seth, Seth, I hope he does go off, off planet. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. We'll see. It's going to happen. And, Seth, you said Kingdoms of Amler. Is that, like, your most to look forward to? Absolutely. Absolutely. Just because I have so much history with that game, I love it so much. So that's that's why. Awesome. My, mine is a game nobody even remembers existing. It's 13. Um, huh. Yeah, I, I was just really curious what but you were tweeting were. about that about four or five months ago. It was originally set to come out in November and then got delayed. And right. in fact, uh, at this IGN summer of gaming thing, one of these days, uh, they are doing the first gameplay from the remake slash remaster. Yeah. I, I'm so excited for it. That that was such an incredible game, a cel shaded first person shooter, before Borderlands was even a thought. Right. It was so good. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that about wraps it up for uh, Frame Skip Podcast episode number thirteen. Remember, you can write us in on the show at frameskippodcast at gmail at frameskippod on Twitter, or hit us up our Facebook at facebook.com slash frameskippod. Uh, if you're listening to us on one of your podcast feeds, go ahead and leave us a review. It really helps out the show. You can find all of us on Twitter at Seth S. Taylor. Coach is at 32 Bit Professor. Elijah is at Local Lizard Man. And Austin is at Austin J. Eller if he ever comes back from the dead. Uh, this, uh, this podcast should be up uh, Friday, June 12th, the day after the PlayStation conference. So it might be a little outdated. But next week, we're going to be talking all about the things that happened during the show. So uh, until next time, guys, keep on gaming. Stay safe out there. Peace.